Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 151 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Cheek Archivist, Colin Phoenix to Fire Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are we've got our Chief Bar Steward, Grant Psychocar Wilcott. Good evening. And we have our Chief of Entertainment, or Head of Entertainment, Commander Chris Jarvis. Hello, good evening. Also joining us in the Orange Sidewinder tonight, we have a special guest of uh, Chris Walton, um, who is involved with the Leave, was it the, the Leave Revolution movie. That's the one. That's the one. Okay, so what we'll do is we will go quickly around the table to find out what everybody's been up to this week. And then we will uh, catch up with Paul about all the latest revolutions, revelations about Leave Elite Revolution. So, Grant, where do you want to start? Creaky. I don't know what I've done this week. It's just one of those weeks where it's like, <laughs> was it Tuesday already? Creaky, I don't know what's going on. Um, no, we're still doing sort of house repairs and all kinds of things. With the Easter weekend, it was quite nice, actually, um, to have, well, Sunday ended up, nobody was meant to be coming around, then it ends up with people just come around anyway. So that nice, quiet, relaxing Sunday became a full-on, let's get some dinner sorted for people, um, stressful day, but it was, you know, it's nice to see the kids. It, you know, it's nicer to see them leave, but it's, it's quite nice to see them. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I've not had much um, gameplay time this week at all with just chaos. Um, hopefully it'll calm down towards the end of this week. And I'll have a chance to get back in. In fact, I just fired into the uh, Shinrata Desert there, picked up my or- Orca to find out that I'd already salvaged it ready for sale. I just hadn't sold it yet. <laughs> so I've then re-kitted it out so that you can come and join me. I've got some nice turrets for you to play with um, as I take us into Lave so we can join everybody out there. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, Mr Jarvis, what have you been up to? Oh yeah, uh, I've been following <laughs> following on from my promise last week. I did a little bit of uh, streaming last week. Uh, I had a very fun evening streaming the Warlock of Firetop Mountain uh, with some familiar faces from the uh, the the Lay Radio Twitch chat room. Uh, it was great to see them in there. We had uh, yeah, we had good fun, uh, and I've been posting those videos up on uh, my YouTube account. Um, it, it being Easter weekend, I've actually mostly been away and not gaming. Um, so we went camping down in the New Forest. Uh, myself, my wife, and Eden, and yeah, it was good fun. Um, we had a really good time. We really found a really nice site uh, called Avon Tyrrell, uh, which is down near what's that place? It's near Burley, and uh, yeah, we had a really nice weekend uh, and pretty good weather. And yeah, it's been good because we've sort of over the last few months, sort of over the winter, my wife keeps seeing things that she's bought that she thinks would be like a great idea for camping. And of course, we've not been camping. So over the last six months, like over various corners of the house, these random things have appeared like a new shelving unit, a new heater, mm-hmm. even like a, um, <laughs> a, a, a basically a toilet um, for the tent. Um, and yes, yeah, so we finally actually got to then pack them all into the car and take them camping. And of course, now having been camping, we've now been able to pack them away and put them away where they're supposed to go. So the house is looking a bit clearer than it has for a little while. But I did say to my daughter at one point, because we got this to- we got this toilet for the tent and it's toilet is a very grand term for it. It is basically a bucket with a seat. 
Um, but it's it's really it's like a kind of last resort thing. It's basically if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and it's freezing cold and chucking it down and you don't want to go to the toilet blocks, that's what it's for. But of course, my daughter being my daughter gets obsessed with anything that's kind of new that she's not interacted with before. So it gets to like six o'clock in the evening and she's like i need, I need a wee i need a wee okay fine we'll go to the toilet and she's go no i want to go in the tent toilet and i'm like we're not in prison it's during yeah. the day we're gonna go to the proper toilet block <laughs> so anyway that was that was the delights of my weekend but uh yeah i totally recommend the site if anybody is looking for camping down in that area Excellent, excellent. Um, well, personally, um, I have been, I'm, I guess I'm still recovering from Elite Meet a little bit, so I haven't been able to do any extra top shifts or um, even go over some of the, the, the things that happen with the Elite Miniatures. Um, uh, however, I have been playing the new release of uh, <laughs> of Elite 2.3, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll come across all the, the things that have come up with that at a later point. Um, so I'm afraid to say you know, the Easter the Easter weekend. I think it, it just saps you of any spare time that uh, that you've got, really. So oof, I'm pretty much probably the same as you, Chris. So we will now introduce Chris Walton. Now, Chris here is has been involved with the uh, Leave Revolution movie. Is that correct, Chris? Uh, yes, it is indeed. So the Elite Labor Revolution, The Prisoner, um, the movie that go along with Alan's um, novel. Mm -hmm. I've been editing um, that for the last nine months or so. <laughs> so, I mean, do you want to give a, a bit of background of where this has come from and uh, basically what's it, what is it about as much as you can? Obviously, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, basically it comes from when Alan... Um, kickstarted his, his book uh his Lever revolution novel um and he ended up making a short film out of that uh there was a bit of issues with the footage getting to where it needed to be etc when it got filmed so it did, kind of got sat on for a while unfortunately with not much happening with it uh not really anyone's fault per se just you know one of those things that happens uh, he approached me just before LaveCon last year to start editing it together into an actual uh short film and I took all the footage and made made a cut of it, basically. We couldn't get it together in time for LaveCon last year purely because there was so much to do. And with it being something we're doing sort of in spare time, obviously that then limits your availability. But um, we're at a point where effectively it's finished. We just need in-game footage to drop into it. Um, and then we will have a finished product to be able to show everybody, which will be fun. It effectively just follows a section of the... Uh, the sort of very beginning of the revolution um, to do with um, a captive and his rescuers in a way, I suppose, uh, without giving too much away. So I don't want to give too much away because it is only a short film. So obviously the more I say, the less surprising it's going to be. But um, it's yeah. a good little story, good narrative. It looks really nice. So just need to get this, this game footage really and then we can let the world see it as it were. So um, how, can, how can people get in contact with you uh, in order to volunteer for for doing footage, um, what kind of thing do you need? I mean, is it is there, I don't know, a certain kind of ship skin or um, certain ship models that you need? Uh, I mean, primarily the main ships are Cobra, and then the secondary ship 
um, is a viper because it's one of the uh, basically they're coming to poke around from the planet's surface to find out what's going on. So they're coming along to sort of check why this this cobra's hanging around in orbit, basically. So that's the primary two ships. Um, no, no specifics on what ship yet, but the viper gets blown up by one of the revolution ships coming in, and that's when everything kicks off. Um, so we need a much larger ship than the Viper, specifically which one hasn't been decided. So suggestions on ships that fit within that kind of time frame would be appreciated, and then we can get, get that going. So they're the three primary ships, um, and then we just need some other ships that fit the error to um, come in around the bigger ship that blows up the Viper, and that creates the scene of an impending battle that's about to happen at the end of the film. Um, so that's basically the setup we need. So I'm probably looking for in the region of around about 10 people. Um, I need people that can record their screen and can also run the game in quite high quality as well, just purely for the quality of the visuals. Um, but obviously I'm happy for anyone to contact me and we can discuss the, the minutiae of that to see if, if what they've got works for that. Um, with regards to contacting me, the, probably the best way to do it in the first instance would be drop me an email. Um, that's just chrispaulwalton at gmail.com. That's all one word, chrispaulwalton at gmail.com. I'm sure you can put that in the uh, put that out there as well in writing. Um, yep. People can drop me an email. If they let me know sort of if they, what, what they want to be involved with, if they've got one of the primary ships, so Cobra Viper, suggestions on the larger ship, I'm happy to hear those. We can look at what's best. And then we can, once I've got a group of people, we can get together and in a, in a group conversation potentially and just figure out a time when everyone's free and we can we can make that work and get it get it recorded and get that footage down. That would be wonderful. When you right. See, sorry, so, was, go on. When you say, you know, that people need to record, um, you'll have room for some from extras as well people who are just maybe filling in the numbers in the background um so they wouldn't particularly yes, need to yeah. they don't need to be recording so we do have room for extras. sorry i should have been clearer on that um yeah so the people that just want to sort of be there and be in the background and just you know be part of it you don't need to be able to record that's absolutely fine um so feel free to sort of drop me a line about that as well so i do apologize that was not very clear right um just incidentally how long is the short film um, one second, I will bring up the non-game footage cut and I can tell you that in a moment. Uh, where are we? Uh, exports. And the film is, as it currently stands, 11 minutes and 4 seconds without credits. Oh, that's, yeah. So it's a little bit more than just a, than just a small intro then. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a nice little piece, you know, it's a, a medium a medium length short film, as it were. Um, and like I say, it's probably going to be a little bit longer once we get all the game footage in, because obviously that's going to pad it out a bit, but probably looking at about 12 minutes. Oh. Uh, is this under consideration of sending in for the video competition that Frontier have started? Or is this just going to be as part of the Kickstarter rewards? Not something I've discussed with Alan. I couldn't answer that. Um, oh, okay. It would be a nice thing to do, but obviously that at the end of the day is his decision and uh, I'd, I won't like to comment on that one. Fair enough. Um, okay. Now, obviously, you can't stay with us too long. Uh, you're going to have to shoot off and I am, get on with other, other things, unfortunately. So what we'll say, if, I mean, if there's anything else you'd like to mention, uh, or if anybody's got any questions in the chat or 
I mean, I'm um, happy to take questions about the film, what I know of it, if anyone would like to um, know a little bit more without, you know, spoiling it. I'm, I can I can answer a few questions, but obviously we've got to be careful not to reveal too yeah. much. Oh, okay. Um, well, what we'll, we will say is that if you are volunteering a Viper, you're obviously, you're going to have to accept that you're going to lose that Viper. Yes. <laughs> it does very uh, much require... Uh, it being exploded, I'm afraid. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you've got plenty of and, uh, and And if I know filming, potentially even more than once. Oh, potentially. Oh, yes. I'm hoping... It is literally <laughs> one one wide shot, so I'm hoping we can get it in one. I'd rather not blow up people's ships multiple times and blow up multiple ships. <laughs> but there is that chance, I'm afraid. Well, Vipers are quite cheap, aren't they? Some, some, yeah. I was going to say because you said you were asking for a ship that is, you know, bigger than a Viper and capable of destroying it. Thankfully, there are quite a lot of those in the game. <laughs> yes, quite. I think that that is quite a useful um, selection of ship by Alan when he wrote it. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not too bad. Well, um, we're just waiting to see if there are any any comments or questions. I'm just seeing that someone has decided to point out the Walton as in the Waltons, which amused me somewhat. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> just looking to see if there's any questions. <laughs> I like that. Um, well, you already seem to be getting uh, volunteers already. So I have already received an email, I believe. It just binged up on my computer, so that's, that's handy. Uh, uh, yeah, that's brilliant. So one person already. I love it. Uh, so we've got Bitstorm asking, use a Viper Mark IV to destroy the Mark III. I think it's only going to be a Mark III, isn't it? it yes, it's it only going to be a Mark III. Um, and it does be significantly larger as well as the attacking ship, because it is kind of a deliberate power play. So. so we're talking Python and Anaconda here, if I remember rightly. So <laughs> we're talking, you know, the big ships but also the older ships yes that's the thing it obviously needs to be in the right era so it is this is the breakout of the revolution so that sort of time period right okay yeah although uh, third alliance is um goes all the way back to the original doesn't it so third alliance yeah. is viable python's viable mm-hmm. um anaconda's definitely viable anaconda's viable what else have we got? We're not sure about things. I'm not sure what the... Um, I suppose you don't want the Federal ships, do you? Like the Federal Assault ship? Federal no. Ship. Those um, are probably problematic. Yeah, they will create a few issues, so we can try and avoid those if possible. Um, it's As- I mean, basic explorers fine. suggestions, and then we can we can discount or, or count them depending on, on what they say. So I'm happy to sort of yeah. look at all the options available to us, sort of thing. That's yeah. fine. Um, so I probably, yeah. Just ask how many volunteers... Um, effectively I need about 10 so if anyone wants to volunteer gets in touch with me and then we'll just work it on a sort of first come first serve basis on what's what's possible that's probably the best thing to do um, if we sort of say when if we put a deadline on people emailing volunteering as maybe Saturday and then that way um, with basically between now and Saturday drop me an email and if you're in time then we can do that well, um, that sounds cool. I mean, has anybody anybody else got any other questions they'd like to ask? Uh, Icefire122 was asking, what about an ASP? I think an ASP is probably fine, but I think the best thing to do is uh, contact Chris uh, and, and discuss the details with him um, about you know specific ships and things like that. But uh, an ASP is certainly within the 
you know, it's, it's fine for the date range. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, whether you consider that an Asp is enough of a power play over a, Vol- a Viper is, is probably down for Chris to decide. Well, yeah. I can go, I can go through it. So yeah, feel free to drop me an email um, about that. I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at asps as I've got a list of big list of ships that are potential, and that is one of them. Um, but we'll see what people have got. Yeah, I mean, wasn't the other stipulation is that you you kind of need the what, the leave? That skin. was what I was just going to bring up now. Ah, right. Basically, um, for the ship that does the attacking, this particular one, the big ship. The rest aren't that important if we don't really need it at all. Um, it needs to have the lave, the orange lave phoenix skin, the revolution skin, because um, mm-hmm. it's basically, you know, the skin is for the revolution and it fits with what they're trying to do. They're kind of making a statement. So we do, if possible, the big ship needs to have um, have that skin if we can. Um, it's not ultra pivotal, but if we could, that would be lovely. Right. Um, well, let's see. I'm just having a quick look. I think most people are. Yeah, most people are interested. We've got someone who's trying to volunteer Alvin. Alvin, the, the <laughs> yeah. Hutton trucker dog, but uh, and just no, to the, the Hutton ter- trucker leader. <laughs> and just to clarify terminology, uh, Chris is talking about the uh, the Lavecon skin is what's needed for. Uh, I think one, at least one or two of the ships um, in the in the in the game. So we are we are specifically looking for a, at least a couple of volunteers need to be somebody that have been to one of the lave cons and picked up those skins. Yeah. Um, Sci-Fi eighty eight man is saying, do you need to have the sole permit to be in the area? I don't know if he's talking about the filming. I don't imagine you'll be filming in a permit locked system, will you? No. Well, leave obviously would be the, the best place. It is going to be. It needs to be around Lave because it's got the station in it. So yeah, um, yeah, grand. We're not going to have any issues Excellent. with that, I don't think. New. No. So well, um, unless anybody's got anything else, uh, anything else to ask Chris, um, I think we'll we'll draw a line under it there and say um, yeah. thanks very much. And, well, thanks uh, for having me. Um, sorry, I can't stay for longer. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we hope we get plenty of volunteers, and I get we're I think we're all looking forward to seeing it. Uh, yeah, it should be exciting to get it out there. I'll um, I'm going to be at um, Lavecon this year, so hopefully it'll be ready for then. Excellent. Well, thank so you very fingers much. Crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. So after that, uh, uh, basically, nice introduction. Um, I think we'll move on with the rest of the the news and the show. So, um, well, where to start? Well, we'll start with some of the uh, development news. And, and the first thing that we've got on our list is David Braben is now a vice director of Special Effect. Now, for those of you who do not know who Special Effect are, they're a, a very special charity that we hold very dear to our hearts that help um, people with difficulties play computer games with custom-made controllers. And uh, they were at Elite Meet. Uh, we managed to raise uh, Elite Meet. I think, what was the final total? It was 2,000 overall at Elite Meet, of which 1,000 went to Hearing Dogs and 1,000 went to um, uh, Special Effect. Is that right, Grant? 
Uh, that's that's about it. You know, bar a few pounds here and there. I think we just raised under um, or just over uh, one thousand nine hundred pounds. So um, a, a fantastic amount of of money. So, we just need to clarify there was a slight typo that went out in the Elite Dangerous newsletter. That yeah. that charity was hearing dogs for the deaf, not hearing dogs for the death. That's right. Yes. Which is, it's, I think, an important distinction. Yeah, it's not yes. a charity that's putting dogs to death for the benefit <laughs> <laughs> of anybody. Um, yeah, that's a cracking typo, that is. I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think the less said about that, the better. Moving on. But, um, yes, so... David, I mean, does anybody know what his role is going to be, or what does the vice vice director do, or is it just a? It's it's an honorary title. Essentially, it's kind of a, a recognition for his amount of work that he has done for the charity through Frontier and through all the various different things that he has raised money and funds for them. Uh, I believe Kate Russell's also been given the same position in the past. And still is active. Um, it just you know it's like a a really strong recognition of them and uh, of their efforts and their um, amazing job so far in raising funds for them and helping them continue to do the amazing things that they do. Yeah. So uh, overall, anything to raise special effects profile, I think, is a good thing. Um, has anybody else got anything to add? No, just that it's fantastic. Yeah, right. Well, I, I think that's that's a tick in the box for that one. Now, the on, in, we'll go on to the in-game events at the moment. Um, so we've got we've got a few things to discuss in the in-game events which have been happening. Uh, we've got um, now. I'm not quite sure whether anybody else has seen this, but GameSkinny.com uh, did an evaluation on the Xbox of Elite Dangerous. And it turns out that Elite Dangerous is the hardest game to complete ever. <laughs> I, think, I think that's quite a claim, but it's certainly, yeah, certainly if you're looking at it from the point of view of uh, achievements, which is which is where this came up, because I was talking to somebody about achievements. Um, and uh, yeah, certainly some of the achievements for Elite Dangerous on the Xbox 360 are are seriously difficult. Um, I'm actually not entirely sure. that I had a game for the um, PlayStation 3 years ago called EA Sports Active 2, and it was off the back of, like, the, the, the sort of the fitness trend in the games. So there was obviously the Wii Fit, and then loads of other people started bringing out these things. So EA Sports Active 2 is this thing where you wore, like, this little heart rate monitor on your uh, arm, and you had mm. sensors on, like, your wrists and ankles. And the idea is that you would do like a kind of like a workout and the game would track um, how long it would take you to do it. Now, based on one of the routines that was in the game, there was a sort of thing which was a, a simulated like a 3K run. And it's kind of pointless because you're essentially jogging on the spot for what the game thinks is enough footsteps to do three kilometers. Um but there was something like, there was one of the achievements, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like run a thousand kilometers in the game. Ooh. And I think I, I think I worked out on the basis of, if you worked out like three times a week and you did this particular 
um, routine that was the kind of, you know, the, the sort of default routine that you didn't think. It would basically would take three years to get that achievement of doing that three times a week. And I just thought that's, you know, that's a time. That's not, it's not particularly time consuming. I'm sure some people, you know, who really wanted to get fit and really wanted to grind the achievement figured out a way of doing it much shorter. But that was something that I looked at and just thought there's no way that's ever going to be me. And I've looked at these Elite Dangerous achievements. Not yeah. that I have. Not that I have the uh, Xbox One version, um, but there's one. There's one here. A true champ won 250 CQC matches. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, that one's not for me. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be all negative on CQC, but I know that there's quite a common thing. If you're if you're a bit of an achievement whore like me, quite often if you're looking through the discussion forums for people trying to get 100% achievements on a game, if a game's like online player base drops below a certain level people have to kind of specifically meet up in order to try and do the um multiplayer specific achievements so i don't know i don't think i've even i haven't even played well actually i haven't played a single cqc match since it went live i don't know how many i've played in beta um but yeah that's tricky one of the others is visit sagittarius a obviously quite a few people have done that i don't think that's yep. i don't think that's a particularly outrageous achievement but it is compared to a lot of stuff you know, it's time-consuming. What, what was I playing the other day? I was, playing, I was playing that game that I mentioned on Live Radio that I really enjoyed uh, called Farabelle, which is a sort of turn-based strategy game. And there's an achievement in there for something like kill an enemy. <laughs> and it's a turn-based combat game, so you're going to be killing like 30 or 40 enemies per mission. So it's just funny that killing an enemy is kind of an achievement. Um, and there's a thing that says complete all the tutorials. Now, you wouldn't think that a tutorial to complete the uh, achievement to complete the tutorials was a particularly difficult achievement. However, the last, I believe the last training incursion. mission, yeah. yes, combat training incursion advanced, 10 waves of enemy spacecraft alone and survived to defeat them all. Uh, and according to this article at the time of writing, only three tracked players have that achievement. Yeah. I mean, you're in the sidewinder for that, aren't you? Yeah, basically. So <laughs> it's pretty, I mean, you know, I, I show, I, cause I like achievements. I show off some of my rarer ones on, uh, on my steam profile. Um, but according to, according to this particular article, again, at the time of writing, there was only one player that had every single achievement in the game. Well, hats off to him. Wow. I mean, that's, that's triple elite and beyond, isn't it really? <laughs> it is. That, uh, that is, uh, that is, Actually, wow. the, the only time I've I've ever been hooked into trying to get an achievement was Left 4 Dead 2. And I don't know if any of you managed it, but on the carnival level, there is a sort of, uh, what would you call it, a shooting gallery. And upon completion of that shooting gallery, you can pick up a garden gnome. And the achievement is carrying the gnome all the way through that level. I think there's three levels, and then it goes to a survival mode in the big concert arena, and you have to pick it up and take it with you into the helicopter, um, surviving storm and wave and wave and wave of zombies. It's one of the funniest things, because when you're holding the gnome, you cannot see where you're going, because it blocks your view. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I never did this one before. It's brilliant. It was <laughs> my brother um, and I were playing, and he was just so determined. I mean, the the, the weeks we wasted on that damn game, and uh, I can still remember it was. He even left me um, dying horrifically at the end of the level to get into the helicopter, pressed the wrong key, and dropped the gnome, and. <laughs> it was that kind of you know it's a, it's an achievement that's completely pointless but it's just so much fun uh, I can see that um, according to Nopolis uh, the Stanley Parable has an achievement for not playing the game for five years oh, yeah wow. it's it's funny it's funny when they have weird things like that <laughs> <laughs> well just just as an aside, um, if anybody on the Xbox wants to try for that 250 uh, wins, we do know that the Pixel Bandits do run a CQC night, uh, normally from 10 o'clock onwards tonight. So if, if you fancy having a, having a, a crack at that, see if, the, see if everybody is online uh, on the Xbox uh, from 10 o'clock. I, I do know that they were, they were planning to, to run another couple of their... Uh, the sessions, which are, are they're a good, they're a good laugh. The only problem I have is is that I miss my hotas very much when I'm on the Xbox. <laughs> as you can, as people who will be able to see in in my uh, next top shift will will see how much I've only done a hundred light years since the last uh, place for the to try and reach Concordia, uh, and I've already lost six, five percent of my hull on my. Uh, my sidewinder due to bad, bad controls. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> so in, on to the next one. Well, I, I, I think this is a little bit misleading. Um, we've got sort of the four to me. Oh, here we go. Everybody's get ready. Everybody, let's see if I can get it right this time. Formidine Rift. Is that do I pass? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was Formidine. It was Formidine Rift in the, uh, the audio book. I've yeah. heard people calling it Formidine. You know, we'll go. We'll go with Formidine. Potato, potato. Yes. Um, no, there the were um, reports that the entire thing has been solved, and we were going to have to report that it's not solved. We, um, we will just say the. I think the expl. It's fair, uh, it's fair to say that the exploration part of it out in the deep void has been resolved. I think that there's one more thing that people are, are still investigating, but the whole mystery and conspiracy, as far as this is concerned, mm-hmm. is returning to the bubble. I mean, would would you say that's that's correct? It looks like it. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a. Um, although questions have been answered, the discover data logs ask more questions and and suggest that somebody needs a good kicking (laughs) (laughs) so i mean for for those of you who don't know and um this is i guess we should say spoiler alert Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're if you're doing this yourself, do, do we have? You may wish to turn off. Do we have ears. a spoiler alert sound? Yes. <laughs> no. Well, I think you'd have to. I think I think you'd have to turn off quite a lot. I mean, I knew about this. Could we, I was I was amused that somebody was messaging us at five o'clock saying, "Hey guys, in case you didn't notice this, I um, woke up this morning, went onto Facebook, and I had a thing on my the notifications that says, Drew Wagar has posted in Elite Dangerous Community. Drew Wagar has posted in Hudnall Little Truckers.'" 
Drew Wagar yes. has posted in Elite Dangerous Social Group. D. Rhaegar has posted in Elite Dangerous. I thought, uh, something's happened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So I think if you were uh, trying to avoid spoilers on this one, that was, uh, yeah, I don't think that would be possible. Right, well, just assume that um, if you don't want to be spoiled, you're one of the very few, um, just forward on about five minutes or so. Uh, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well, if you're already spoiled, we'll see, we'll see you next weekend. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll just summarize. Um, uh, the uh, a transmission was made into Galnet, uh, I think, what was it, a, a couple of days ago. Uh, the Formidine Rift guys, um, who've uh, they've got their own thread on, on the forums, um, they managed to decode that message very, very quickly, as per usual. And after a couple of day, uh, a couple of days out in the black, uh, people have discovered a mega ship at uh, the location pointed to by this message. Now, this mega ship is one of the unknown megaships which were, you'll have seen in the patch notes and also more excitingly is that it had logs in there explaining what it was doing there and also those logs were voiced I think it's the first it is the first time we've had voiced logs in the game isn't it yeah woohoo needs more uh, mm, yes I, I wholeheartedly agree, and I must admit, the it was very, very spooky. Now, the the, the mega ship in question is it's supposed to be shut down, according to the, the logs. There's, there's been a little bit of complaint that oh, it looks up and running to us, but apart from that, you could you could say someone got in and got the the engines running again or something. Who knows? We might have to see what happens in the novel. Um, but I must admit, there was a little bit of. Um, complaint over this wasn't there oh well there was a there's complaint about everything you need to be a bit more specific well the, the complaint was that um is that it a lot of people oh okay right yeah yeah so there's a lot of people that were there thinking um it was first i think the big misunderstanding started when it sort of said for rift solved when actually the mystery which is attached to the the for rift is still ongoing um, but the actual Fordham and Rift issue, which was started off by one small passage in, in Drew Wigar's book, uh, Reclamation, um, basically it pointed to this particular area in space. I think it was the, what was it? The retort redequate line was, was indicated that you have to go past the Fordham and Rift and keep on going. And apparently that's where it was. And we, we've got a couple of commanders who passed that by that system by about five light years, but didn't stop off <laughs> 18 <laughs> months ago. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, obviously, the ship wouldn't have been there at the time, according to Drew. Uh, there would have been a, a disused anaconda or, or some other placeholder. But it does point the whole mystery back to the uh, back to the bubble now 
what, what was there yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's well, the thing is, it's interesting that they're saying whether it's been there because obviously, we've just in terms of technicality in the game, we've seen huge advances in the way points of interest and unidentified signal sources and all these sorts of things have been added to the game over the last you know 18 months. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think it's necessarily true to say that if you'd gone there like all the way back because they were saying oh it's been there since alpha it may have been physically there since alpha but i i don't think the tools to be able to even discover it even if you'd flown to the system have even really been added to the game until quite recently um but i think i just i I just want to weigh in on this because i I want to weigh on it obviously because last week i was making comments about um how i you know don't necessarily feel that these kind of sort of meta exploration things are necessarily of very good gameplay. I kind of I don't really want to backtrack on it because I don't I don't still don't think it's a particularly great way of doing things. But I will say that I have had comments this week, and there were comments in the the chat. And I've, I've had a look for myself on the forums. Actually, the number of people involved in decoding these things is very significant. And even though I still stand by the fact that it is, you know, it is a very small part of the Elite Dangerous community as a whole, it is still a long way off being kind of, you know, it's not one person who solved it for everybody. There is a kind of sharing of ideas. Um, And I can see that it is, you know, a very kind of exciting thing to get involved in. But I do think... I do think it's a shame when there's that there's kind of complaints about everything because this is another reason I wanted to weigh in because obviously I was the one that was complaining about people being negative on the forums. But I think there is a real mix of people on that Formadine Rift thread between people who worked on it and were really excited to kind mm-hmm. of see the puzzle cracked, really just for the fun of seeing the puzzle cracked. Yes. And then the other people who were kind of like, what, that's it? You know, at the end of this puzzle is... I don't know, I'm kind of going to be using hyperbole a bit, but they were essentially complaining that at the end of the the treasure hunt was a completely unique game asset that nobody has ever seen before and that was was discovered by these players who have uncoded the thing. So to me, I think it's kind of a really cool... I mean, you know, Drew said it's not the end of the mystery completely. It is the end of a part of the trail. But I think, to be honest, even if... Even if this was it, even if, you know, this was a bit of a, a meta puzzle to, wait, to to point out where a new piece of in-game, you know, uh, a new in-game asset was that you could visit. There's these audio logs, which were I actually went onto the, I was looking at the Twitter accounts because Drew posted them, um, uh, the Twitter accounts of the two actors that were involved in the recording. And they both posted, or one of them posted back at the beginning of March, oh, hey, I've just recorded this voice thing for Elite Dangerous and my game's going to be in the game. My, my voice is going to be in the game in the next update. That was back in March and none of us noticed. You know, none, yep. of us thought this, none of us picked up on this thing on Twitter that someone had recorded some dialogue for Elite Dangerous. So I think, you know, what's been found and those audio recordings, which to be clear, if, you know, just because I've seen people in Twitch saying they didn't realise, um, these are actual in-game audio logs. So when you, I believe, when you go to the site and you scan those um, data points, you actually hear an audio recording of two of the characters 
who were on this ship. So this is a completely different kind of content than has been presented in the game up to this point. And I think it's a significant shift in the way Frontier are presenting any dangerous. Now, I, I personally don't feel that to complain about, oh, is that all we get, isn't a particularly even accurate response to um oh. this you know the situation but i kind of i mean you know they've obviously put a lot of work into it and i i think it's misunderstanding how frontier have been telling the story and the slow burn of how they've been releasing content to this game to suddenly expect there to be huge amounts of content in this tiny area when there hasn't you know in things like we were talking the other week about how the the new planetary points of interest and the new ship the big ship points of interest um one of the developers was talking about how they wanted to have more content revolving around those locations rather than just visiting them and they were saying they weren't able to get that in so if frontier weren't able to get the content in for the wider new pois in 2.3 they're certainly not going to have you know blown massive amounts of resources in creating huge amounts of content for this this one particular thing for this puzzle uh, I think it's great that you, you know, um, I think it's great that you have you have a new ship, you have a, a an asset within the game that isn't certainly isn't currently, as far as we understand, deployed anywhere else in the game. Yes, there were some complaints about the fact that it was meant to be a kind of derelict, destroyed ship, and it looks pretty healthy. But I don't know. I mean, you know, when um, in 2010 when they discovered the when they found the discovery, it was still in reasonably yeah. good nick. It just needed powering back up. So. I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a shame when people complain about something like this. And actually, I think it's been uh, speaking about it from someone who's not been involved in it and has really just come in at the end and seen the end result. I think, you know, they've created a really effective mystery and a really interesting treasure hunt. And I think it's been a, you know, I, I think what I'm saying is that despite my comments about <laughs> how I don't necessarily think these sorts of things are good gameplay for the majority of Elite Dangerous players. I'm personally glad that these things exist within the game, and I think Elite Dangerous would be less without them. Um, and, and, and like I say, I still think that the multiplayer games aren't a great way to tell this kind of communal story at the moment, but I'm personally glad that Frontier and Drew and whoever else has been involved has been doing the work to experiment on it and you know, take a step forward, because we're not going to get these things right until we try them. And I think, actually, that this has been a good step forward uh, in terms of kind of interesting content of this this kind. Yeah. Um, and Grant, have you got anything to add? No, no. I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where it's nice to have something uh, in-game that is different and ticks boxes for other people as well. Um, for those who have maybe you know got a bit tired of the continual trading and you know the repetitive grind can suddenly get their teeth into something a bit more interesting for them um i deciphering it just leaves me cold it just does i just i don't enjoy it no it it, it takes a certain certain effort to do that kind of uh puzzle solving i've tried a little bit myself and uh, I don't know whether I've, I I don't think outside the box enough or or those kind of uh, those kind of um, extra little flashes of inspiration don't seem to come. I mean, for instance, in the, the way that this this 
thing was decoded. I think everybody we were able to. I personally was able to decode most of uh, what was in the message, but then they'd put um, something in there to screw you up. For instance, the entire message eventually read out a system name. Uh, however, they'd also put in the name of one of the commanders, uh, the commander that kicked all this off, Re Rebecca. Yeah. And you had to remove Rebecca from this string of characters that you've managed to build up. And I, 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 there was no way, no way that would have occurred to me. <laughs> so my, <laughs> my, my hat goes off to anybody who's, who's got that kind of little bit of uh, <laughs> difference. To, oh, there, there's, did you hear about the, um, the add-on that someone's been working on uh, that will basically make all the um, NPCs talk? Oh, right, another text-to-speech thing, is it? Yeah, it's, an, it's another text-to-speech thing, uh, but effectively it works on, on reading the... Oh, I'm going to have to find it and put it in the show notes, but um, it effectively reads the, uh, the chat window, and if it comes up with NPC players, it will read them out and in different voices. Ooh. That's cool. I mean, I have to say yeah. that that's one of the, the best things about it. Um, this whole thing was the fact you've got some voice data logs, which is amazing. Um, what century is it in again? <laughs> 34th century. Yeah, just don't have any. Yeah. Cameras are rare. Yeah, we've got about 60 yeah. cameras in our <laughs> ships. We can take. No, that's me just being a little bit cynical there. But, you know, I think it'd have been awesome if we have uh, video logs. You know, we've got these beautiful avatars. Come on, Frontier. Oh, my ship just blew up. Let's start using them. <laughs> Let's start using them beautifully. Yeah, but I think it's. I mean, just, just going back to the Formidable Rift stuff, I mean, people are saying about. Um, uh that that you know it, it kind of linked back i mean it did ultimately the the solution to the puzzle with this rebecca thing did lock back look back to content that was in the uh elite reclamation novel uh which is cool and i think it's you know i mean some of the things people were complaining about on the, the forums was that they, they were saying it was shallow gameplay and that it was only there to kind of promote drew's book but i mean it's about promoting both the book and the game, because the game gets promoted because there's this interesting stuff going on about it that gets talked about, you know, outside the game and on Facebook and on forums and stuff. And obviously Drew is producing a book in, you know, hand in hand with Frontier. And that, that book, as we were discussing the other week, is based on um, the, the things that have been happening in the game over the last, I don't know, is it a year? Was it six months? Um, so to kind of uh, to kind of criticise it at this point for being something which is to promote a book is to I think misunderstand the whole point of why it's there. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I, I I just really hope that this thing about having these voice logs. I, I hope that Frontier see how popular this has been, and I'd like to see more stuff in the game done with, with voice logs. I know Frontier have shied away from it because in the past they've been very aware of um, things like localization, And obviously it's very hard to do translations into all the different languages that Elite Dangerous is played in. Um, but I just think, you know, it'd be really nice. I mean, even things like these tourist beacons, it'd be really nice if those were kind of read by like, 
you know, like in Jurassic Park when they have the you know the the voiceover in the uh, jeeps when they're going round, and they, he's he's going on about how they got some celebrity to voice them. Um, I think it'd be some nice to have something similar to that. You know, some sort of elite, dangerous universe celebrity has has you know, voiced some of these um, visitor beacons. I think that'd be really good. Oh, and I seem to be on my own. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I... Oh, okay, sorry, I'm not on my own. No, okay, no, sorry, no, I thought no, I'd lost... <laughs> you, damn you, you may, be loop, you may be loop of correction. <laughs> well, I've uh, got... Oh, God, a doctor... A doctor leave, few a doctor leave. That means it's all... Ricky, why have just wasted five minutes? Anyway, so that's, have we, so that's essentially the formative myth stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously yes. there's more to come. But yeah, Drew has said that there is more to come. Definitely. So, either watch this space or go and get involved. I think those are the two options. Yeah, and get ready to buy the the book and and read about it all um, when it gets sort of tidied up and they remove all of the swear words from the commanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did we lose Colin? Let's have a look and see. It looks like noise. We did lose. We did lose Colin briefly. That's fine. Um, so moving on, we have got... Uh, there's, there's a thing here about new alien organisms. I assume Ben's or someone's written these notes because it says, new alien organisms, how do you like those melons? But there is no link, so I have no idea what he's talking about. Is there some sort of new planetary flora? I don't know. I've not seen that either. Um, this is one that's obviously Ben's uh, enjoyed. It's not maybe in the newsletter, is it? I, I've, I have not seen it in the newsletter. No. If anybody in Twitch chat would like to let us know... Uh, what these new alien organisms might be and what these thinly veiled reference to melons is, Cow and I would be extremely grateful. <laughs> but we will circle back around to that. If I just uh, Google so for newsletter. melons... No. Yes. Better not. Newsletter 170. Did anything jump out at you, Grant? Um, no, not particularly. Uh, again, I, I've kind of turned off newsletters. It just there wasn't much in them. Well, there was obviously a bit of a former Dean Rift, and then you get the sort of nice, wonderful uh, videos that people are coming out with, which are awesome. Um, I know Hutton, we managed to finally get a place in Colonia. Woohoo! Come on, the truckers for the mug. Um, so we're chuffed with that. So that's something that was interesting last week. Um, but yeah, uh, okay, there's a new range of the skin faces and stuff that we covered last week, and you can see them, and the, they're just Ouch. kind of showing the spotlights on the store, which I quite, I quite like. I quite like the the um, the ship names, the ship nameplates. I do quite like them. I like the one with the cargo canister at the end, uh, the trader <laughs> nameplate. Um, it looks quite quite nice, and I've attempted to use the cup decal effect, but it doesn't really work using a C in two square brackets. It doesn't quite work. Yeah, uh, I, I, I had a bit of inspiration over that because I was looking at a website with one line ASCII art looking for, you know, looking for ASCII art that you could write on one line that looked interesting. And I came across this, this you know, this mug symbol, which if you're looking at it, you know, if you're looking at like a proportional, like a proper proportional font, it looks really like it's basically it's a lowercase c or an uppercase C if you want a mug with a big handle. It's an open square bracket, it's an underscore, and it's a closed square bracket. Um, and unfortunately, you know, uh, the, 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 the ship naming stuff or the ship IDs 
don't really support a font that particularly allows that little bit of ASCII to look like a mug. Uh, and also the game doesn't support underscore characters in um, ship IDs so or ship names. So, I, yeah, it kind of doesn't, you know, I wanted it to work, but ultimately it doesn't. Um, although I see I've still got it on my ship. Um, the thing that did kind of jump out at me in the newsletter, because I'd not previously seen it, is these new Tron-style pulse skins for the Python and the Anaconda. Oh, they're, they're super sexy. And, um, oh, really... they are very nice, aren't they? But it's not just yeah, like kind of neon wheel arches. it's only for the Python and the Anaconda. It's what? It's not just like neon uh, undercar lighting, that kind of stuff, you know? It's kind of only the sort of uh, <laughs> you know, boy racers are going to get them in their anacondas. No, I think it looks a bit like, you know, you get these certain types of Japanese anime uh, or Japanese-inspired games. Like You look at something like the latest Zelda game or you look at something like Shadow of the Colossus or Ico where you've got these, like, stone megaliths that have, like, glowing neon lights kind of running through them this idea of stone with kind of neon lights kind of embedded into it i think is a very japanese art idea and i think that's what these symbols look to a bit like they look a bit like kind of nazca lines or you know some sort of power within the, the body of the ship i i find them very exciting and i'm very you know i'm very jealous that i can't get them for any of the ships that i have in my fleet Did you see that um, message you just to... put what Hey, Colin's just asking if we covered the melons. <laughs> we did. We did cover. We tried to cover the melons, but no, neither of us know what they refer to. Do you know what they refer to, Colin? I, I do know what the melons refer to. The melons are new alien life forms that have been discovered um, near close to a, a couple of systems. Okay. Uh, oh no. Near the. Uh, just, just hold on a second, right? If I'm running past a circus and it says freak show in here and I go in and they've got one guy with a moustache between his eyebrows, I'm going to be disappointed. Equally, if I see a, a big sign saying alien life discovered and I go in and they've got a pile of melons, I am not going to be best <laughs> pleased. <laughs> well, these seem to be organic growths, which... Um grow in certain places in the California nebula. They are, mm, they look like melons, but they are si the size of, effectively, SRVs. Uh, and on top of that, they have growths occasionally on them, which you can shoot off and collect as materials. I'm not sure we should be encouraging more shooting of alien life. Yeah, funny you should mention that. I'm, I'm quite sure... Um, Yes, if anybody's re been around the barnacle sites lately, um, yeah, there's not much left. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yes, a lot of people in the chat are there going, oh, giggle, let's go visit some melons. Oh, dear. <laughs> All we need is now that, is, is some, you know, other vegetables, we can have sort of iceberg lettuces or, you know. I, I was know, going for a pun. I to think, is this the elite dangerous covenant of that's life? Oh, look, we've got a humorous <laughs> photograph of a melon. Alan Titchmarsh. Is, is, there, is there space between the melons to park your ship? Yes, there is. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like the next music parody needs to be a um, uh, song, the uh, Oh, What a Beauty. I've never seen one as big as that before. <laughs> the uh, the Wurzels. 
<laughs> Someone needs to get on that. <laughs> anyway, before we got distracted for the second time by melons, um, sorry, we're just yeah, no, it's fine. We're just going through the, uh, the newsletter to see if there was anything new in it. But I think we've covered the Control Alt Space competition. Uh, um, if you don't know about it, is you create a short film using the the new camera abilities uh, of the game, um, and there is also a Wings PVP league. Oh, it's a Reddit I must, admit that. I must have missed that particular bit. Okay. Uh, so season three of the Wings PvP League launches on April 17th. Oh, so it was yesterday. Yeah. So uh, you might have missed it. But uh, that's on Reddit. There's a link for it in the newsletter. If PvP is your sort of thing, go and check it out. Colin, do you have the con? I do have. I, I can. I can take over from this point. Um, let's see. I mean, we've we've had the live streams. I mean, obviously, the the they mentioned the uh, the nameplates uh, and the different suits. Has anybody mentioned the, these new tattoos? Because I didn't notice them until until recently. We were talking about them uh, a little bit last week because we were going through some of the new two point three features. So these, yeah, the new facial tattoos. They are a purchasable upgrade to the hollow me so you pay i'm not sure how much they are they're a couple of pounds or something uh to unlock a, a set of t- tattoo or face paints for yeah uh, yeah ah uh, yes uh, so so basically so, they, they really do want the reavers in the game don't they <laughs> I, I was thinking there was some there was a great opportunity to i was saying last week there's a great opportunity for some of them if you want to make your uh character look like oliver queen from arrow there's some good uh, arrow-esque eye paint in there um or yeah with guardians of the galaxy 2 coming up i'm sure some of these face tattoos are going to be very popular yes i must admit um unfortunately uh, i think guardians of the galaxy 2 i will be able to go and see due to uh small young uh, well, a reasonably young uh son who who loves this kind of stuff so I've got an excuse, <laughs> um, <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't. I, I don't. I think I'm going to have to miss Ghost in the Shell because I never seem to be able to get um, time away. Um, it's all right. Mm, yeah, well, everybody's been saying that, so you know, I'd, I'd still want to see it as, as being a bit of a fan. So yeah, he's... oh, you probably you probably won't like it then. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it's that's my it, problem with that. I'm a fan. Yeah. It's funny that some people who are really, really big fans of uh, Ghost in the Shell are saying, I don't like the movie. Uh, but people who are kind of semi-familiar said, oh, quite enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, to uh, be honest, well. I might be repeating myself, I might have said this last week. I mean, my main issue with it is it's basically a remake. I mean, it's a bit like um, I've never, there's that film the guy did, which is basically a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho yes. in colour. And I don't yeah, understand why, why I would watch Psycho again, just refilmed and in colour, when I like the original. And I'm kind of like this with Ghost in the Shell. I don't, if I had a choice, I'd, I'd just watch the original. Um, mm. But it's, you know, it's not, it's nice enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's everything really in the newsletter for, for 170. Obviously, the big headline feature being 2.3. Um, 
Now, on the subject of 2.3, there's been quite a few little glitches so far. Uh, and though the fact that I think they've been compounded a little by the fact that it's the Easter weekend and they've had four days off. And so fixes are only going to start coming in now, I believe. But, um, yeah, there, there are two major issues that have been reported. The first one is that the mouse goes a bit mental. Uh, I had this last week and didn't work out what the heck it was. I couldn't actually do Mahalo Me properly because of it, but um, apparently there is a workaround. So you go to the graphics menu and change the mouse settings to panel uh, in the graphic options. So once that is set, um, your mouse will stop dancing around as if it's uh, had too much caffeine and you should be able to use it as per usual. That's um, annoying because I, I had that bug in beta and I reported it. Never yes, mind. yes. Ah, but uh, yeah, that that one has been causing uh, a couple of issues, uh, and the other one, well, it's not really, it doesn't really affect me, and I don't know whether it's the same for everyone else. But um, if you're if you're a very popular, you might have an issue when you access the friends tab. Oh right, um, okay. Yeah, if you've got far too many friends, it does seem to take quite a while to um, render the friends list and when that happens it seems to pause the game now i'm not quite i'm not quite so sure i don't well i don't know whether or not it pauses it or whether it crashes it but it, it has been yeah. reported and it does cause a, a, a few bits of issues um crash has reported saying that actually if you just flip over it quickly and ignore the friends tab um it doesn't pause the game so much. It's just apparently if you mm. hover on it, um, that does sound I mean, I, like I mean, it's, I it needs a yeah. patch, that one. so I'm, I'm speculating wildly, but because <laughs> obviously I'm not involved in the network development of the game. Um, but I can only assume that like with 2.3, that a lot of the issues to do with frame rates dropping and friend lists taking too long to load is just presumably because now 2.3 is passing around all this extra stuff like hollow me data and ship names and ship IDs and suddenly sharing all this extra information on the scale of the player base of the game mm-hmm. must surely be affecting the, the network traffic. Yeah. I mean, it, must, um, I mean it, it can't have zero impact because that's not possible. Um, I mean, you'd think the amount of information being passed around in the game that actually a few extra text strings and a little image wouldn't make all that much difference, but... You know, no. maybe on the scale of what we're talking about, maybe it does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it, um, it, is, it is one thing that um, I don't think it's scaled too well. So I think it's one of these things they're going to have to look at uh, and, and address in a patch, unfortunately. We've got Mike Snoz saying that the friends list thing is due to avatars and locations sharing in the, um, the peer-to-peer code, which um, is, is all obviously networking issues. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do about that except just maybe skip over the uh, the multi crew or the or the friends list as quickly as you can. And I mean, I can only assume. Patch. Yeah, I mean, I can only assume with the number of systems in the game because what you'd normally do in like if you had like a say you had a I don't know like a game with. 64 million locations you would store each location as a unique number and for sharing each other's location you would just pass that number around and the, the game would interpret it um 
but uh, I can only assume that because of the size of this game that people's locations are actually shared around as full text locations, which obviously is a much bigger impact. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's it, it's it's something that's going to need to be optimized. Uh, but if if you if you don't have many friends, it's not going to bother you. <laughs> no, it hasn't been affecting me. I think I have about five people on my friends list. Well, that's because you cleared your friends list, didn't you? you, sort of, you said, no, I did, no. I did. It was a really bad idea. Um, <laughs> so actually, yeah, that reminds me, actually, because of this whole thing with the Formidium Rift Treasure Hunt. I don't, sorry, we're backtracking on a, a thing here. But um, mm -hmm. because obviously there was lots of stuff going on around Elite Premonition, around yes. something big happening on the 29th. That's right. So presumably that is an addendum to what's happened over the weekend with discovering the ship. Yes, it is. It's the, it's the final stage, if you like, of the, the Premonition storyline. Yeah. Uh, and this event, and I mean, fair play to Drew for actually putting this up because um, he has said, and he, people will hold him to this, is that um, if any of the characters which have been in this book die in this event, they are gone, they are dead, they ain't coming back. So... Um, <clears throat> I asked him whether or not he was going to be okay with this because, you know, it's uh, as an author, uh, this is a character that you have created and you're putting it in the harm, in, in harm's way. You've got to be okay with it, uh, with her, your characters being expunged. And to which he says, just replied, kill your darlings. So it's, it sounds that he's, he's fully ready for it. Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm a big fan of big finishes stuff, and I'm a great believer of if you um, if you kill a, watch this space with escape velocity. If you if you kill off a major character, just go back and write a prequel involved. No, I'm not like prequel has kind of a dirty association with it because of Star Wars. But essentially, I mean, lots of things happen in a person's life, and particularly in like an elite commander. So if your character dies, just tell a story from a different period in their life. And then they're, you know, they're never really gone. That's me being very philosophical about <laughs> writing characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, someone was, someone was saying, and I think they even messaged us at lay radio about it is, you know, is drew not concerned this, uh, this was feedback to last week's um, show because of saying, well, it'd be great, you know, great to have uh, player interaction to determine the direction of the story. But has serious thought been given to just a griefer rocking up? Like what happened with this other contact that was meant to be met in the game who was going to pass on information. Yeah, and the first funny. player who got there was just a pew-pew boy who just blew them up and kind of yes, spoiled well, the game for everybody else. So is that what's going to happen with this? Well, that is what people are concerned about. And, oh, there you go. There are now melons available on the Twitch trap, on the Twitch stream. Enjoy your melons, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, it has been discussed quite extensively, and as soon as the Smiling Dog crew announced that they will be running escort uh, for some of these characters, everybody's alarm bells went off. <laughs> <laughs> really, you lot running escort? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and yeah, it is. It is something that people are aware of. There is a. Um, Children of Raslica, uh, Ra uh, Raxler, uh Discord channel, which I, I think we can put that, those in the sh in the show notes at the end. Um, those are the guys who are asking for volunteers to help with this, the defence of these uh, people, 
uh, or these player characters, and um, that will be happening. They're going to try and organise a defence to make sure that um, these characters are, I don't know, kept alive. Of course, we have no indication of anybody organising to take these characters out. They could be. Or there could be members of the actual um, uh, frontier who might decide that let's go and, and try and uh, wipe them out anyway. Uh, we don't really know. All I know is that there is a concerted effort at the moment to to keep uh, uh, Salmoni uh, and, and the rest of the... Uh, salami. <laughs> I keep on thinking of salami. Seriously, salami? <laughs> no. No, salome. Salome. There we go. Um, let's try and keep uh, Salome safe. Uh, whether yeah. or not it does pan out like that, I've got no idea. I know I've put myself forward as a volunteer, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, I mean, I can only assume that this is the point of creating a situation like this, is if you've got a whole lot of players saying, well, we're going to go and kill her, and then another whole lot of players saying, we're going to go and protect her. I mean, that's presumably exactly the sort of reaction that Drew and Frontier were hoping for with this particular situation. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, it's like when you have, um, uh, and Grant will probably back us up on this, um, if you want to make a, a, a Hutton uh, truck a Hutton truck um, convoy interesting, you, you kind of leak details to certain <laughs> parties that might be interested in causing a little bit of um, uh, rough and tumble, if you see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember in the Hutton, the Hutton mug runs, it it was it was really really fun because we had a whole load of people who were um, definitely uh, <laughs> definitely out to cause mischief, but we liked that because that's what we wanted, and it, it just put that little bit of extra spice into those runs. And especially, you needed that little bit of spice when you're actually queuing up at Hutton to drop your scrap off. <laughs> but I mean, there, there is kind of there's the people in uh, Twitch chat saying, "Oh, you know, the the drama of Salome, he who instances wins." There is still an issue with instancing in the game, and just going back to um, what, what what I was trying to do with with escape velocity with some of my backers, you were talking about me deleting my friends list. So I mm. wanted to have for my for my patrons who support you know escape the production of escape velocity um i wanted to create an in-game thing for them a bit similar to that and i wanted them to be able i wanted to drop the clues about my location and for them to have them come and find commander thane so mm. i deleted everybody from my friends list and then i tried to set up this treasure hunt for them to come and find me and they did come and find me but ultimately instancing proved to be a problem now this is bearing in mind that this was in the escape velocity private group which is for the patreon backers and there were only six or seven of my patrons logged in at a particular time and even then they didn't all get instanced with me really do you know what i mean yeah and it's because someone being on your friends list makes up such a huge part of being oh. of being shared in an instance so i'd unfriended everybody because i just didn't want them to be able to see me on the galactic map but presumably there's going to be 
and a similar issue with whoever is playing Salome, that if you are, if you have Salome on your friends list, you would see them in your galaxy map and could just go straight to her. If you don't have her on your friends list, you could be flying around in the same system for, as her for an hour and never see her. Yeah. So I do, you know, I do think it's awkward. Um, and it's, it's probably why my feelings on the subject were so strong last week, because like I say, I've, I've tried it and I, I found a lot of frustrations with it. Um, and in the same way of like this thing about, like I was saying about how we're sometimes with the community goals, it's ridiculous that you've got like a thousand players all going and delivering the same thing. So I set up with my patron backers, this backstory about how Thane's ship had been damaged and I was dri- adrift and basically powerless floating in a system somewhere and i put out a call to my to my patrons to come and find me and to bring certain items that i needed to repair my ship and unfortunately the first backer who found me just had everything just had everything on them and i'd you know <laughs> I'd, I'd 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 basically created a list of um materials it wasn't even cargo it was materials i needed them to bring me and some of them were quite hard to come by but within half an hour, they'd still found me and brought me everything I need. And it's kind of like, right, well, if the first person's done that, what mm. does the second person who's come do? Yeah. Well, um, you see, that, that, that's, that, is a, a bit, that is a challenge that all MMO developers have to deal with. I mean, there was um, a fantastic cartoon last year on, on control, from this um, webcomic I, I follow called Control-Alt-Delete. Don't know if you if if you've heard of it, but they normally have? have yes, and um, in between space opera things and and uh, silly superhero storylines, they do little digs at the game industry, and one of them was basically uh, Blizzard going up and try making trying to make an announcement about uh, the new features that are coming in World of Warcraft, and even as the guy is making the announcement, players are popping up in the background saying, oh, I've done that, uh, now what? <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's like Doctor Who, you burn through content sometimes so quickly. Oh, you've done it, you've mentioned Doctor Who. No, it's fine. What? 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 <laughs> no, I'm all excited about Doctor Who because this weekend's Doctor Who episode was actually really good. And I'm kind of still, bu- I'm, I'm buzzing about the fact for, for the first time in years I've seen a good episode of Doctor Who. Um. Oh. <laughs> and, and this is where I know that we did, we'd have an, a completely tangent uh, argument. Yeah, I, think, I think Doctor Who's been absolutely fine for the last two years, but I seem to be in the minority. No, it's um. fine. I, do you know what? I, I was watching this. Sorry, I, I want to make it a really short tangent, but I was watching the first episode of the new series uh, last night when we came back from camping, and I really enjoyed it. And what I remember, what I realised, because um, there was obviously this suggestion that the Doctor's hidden himself away in a university for fifty years, and Hannah mm-hmm. was like, "Why has he done that?" And I'm like, "Oh, he was probably, you know, because he was upset about what happened in the last series." And she was like, "Oh, right, what happened?" Yeah, I can't remember. I think an assistant died. Um, and then because I couldn't remember what happened at all in the last series, I went and I Googled the episode list for the previous series. And actually, I did remember more of it than, than, than I thought. I remembered all the stuff with the underwater base and the whole found footage episode and the thing with the girl from Game of Thrones. And then I really came unstuck when I looked at the season finale, which was something all to do with Gallifrey, 
Mm-hmm. And I just can't remember at all what happened. You can't remember how bent. That's, that was one of the strongest episodes in absolutely ages. And well, also all the... Where he was in the tower, uh, punching his way through the, um, the wall oh, of Christmas. That, that was an one. incredible episode. But I can't remember what happened after that. Oh, well, I'll, I'll catch up with... I'll catch you up at a later point, I think. I'll watch it again. I'll re- having, having seen the episode list for the last season, I am more interested in watching that series again mm-hmm. than I than I perhaps have been. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed um, Saturdays. I'm, I'm hoping that that's a good sign for the rest of this series. Fingers yeah. crossed. Oh, fing- yeah, fingers crossed on that. I mean, uh, going back to Elite Dangerous... Um, briefly. Briefly. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the moment, um, we'll pop with 2.3. We'll just touch on this gently and um, the servers have seemed to be a bit flaky they, they do seem to be a lot more stable now um i mean dav stop i think has been working over time over over the easter holiday um break in order to get these things back and, and working again unfortunately and, and i guess we we're going to touch on this just quickly afterwards um the response to the fact that he's working on it, it's not quite there yet the threads in question got very salty, which I, I thought was very, very unfortunate. It, it's like the it's like the whole um, toxic the entire forums is beginning to get so toxic now. Even I'm having difficulty wading wading through it. <laughs> um, yeah. Which will bring me yeah you know, bring me on to this this particular point because one of the things that I asked on Reddit was basically why or where is, is all this anger suddenly come from? And I think the best response I actually had was from a, uh, uh, a Reddit user called SK Unimatrix. Now, I'm assuming that he's a, he had the beta, but he didn't get the lifetime pass option. So, you know, he's been in it for quite a while. Uh, and I asked him what his what his main problems was um, just just quickly how can you do that because my understanding of the original kickstarter mm-hmm. was that the, the 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 if i remember the lifetime pass was around the 70 80 quid mark yeah. and the beta was up by like two or three hundred so if you have beta from the kickstarter you have the lifetime expansions ah, presumably no, no. he's bought into beta since the game no. was released right in in the old kickstarter uh, bandings, if you like, uh, you had the alpha backers and the DDF. They were they were up at the two hundred, three hundred pound yeah. mark. Um, then you had the advanced beta backers. Now they were the about the eighty pound mark, and you also got the lifetime pass. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Around about the fifty pound mark, you got the beta access. So uh, at beta uh, two, I'm confusing the alpha with the beta. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a beta. I think we got ended up uh, with our with our access. We ended up with alpha, uh, alpha one, two, three, four, uh, and beta one, and beta two. We got all those before anybody else got in at the fifty pound level. But the people who came in at the fifty pound level didn't have access for the lifetime pass. If you see what right. I mean. Okay, so I'm I'm assuming that that. Um, SK Unimatrix came in at that level because he says he's been a beta backer. So um, 
I'll just, I'll just read this out. Um, the anger there is because many of us gave FDEV the benefit of the doubt for two years. What they were producing during the beta was great. Might, might not be perfect, but things were progressing rapidly. The first two patches in the 1.0 season were seen as good starts, but things started to go downhill with power play. Then throughout season two, the time between patches has grown longer and delivered quality less and less. This has had a lost a lot of goodwill and it's been squandered and yeah, but it has been since squandered with half thought ideas and botched implementation. I know many people who were waiting for multicrew and they seem to uh, seen what they've got and are not coming back. They won't be planning on ordering Caesar in three or and mentioned to half or a dozen or other people that uh, don't buy the game because multi-crew's not working out. Um, what really, I think, took people back was the comment by Sandro on the live stream a couple of weeks ago that they will only continue multi-crew development if it is popular. And then uh, David Braben confirmed that that's how they develop things and that's why features like PowerPlay and CQC are left to wither and die. Um, effectively, that's his point, that a lot of the anger uh, does seem to be stemming from the fact that these are people who have paid out for the, um, uh, for the extras, so for Horizons. They couldn't get access. They didn't have the lifetime pass. It's t taken a lot longer than expected. And what they're getting, they're, they didn't feel that it, it's worth it. I mean, I think the only thing that I, I feel is relevant in this one, is, and I think we touched on it last week a little bit, was the fact that, you know, if something's not popular, we're just leaving it. Yeah, and I think there's an element of, I mean, he said, oh, people have seen what's happening with, they've seen what we got with multi-crew and aren't coming back. I mean, it's different if you've come back to the game, logged in and tried multi-crew and didn't like it, that's one thing. But I think what has happened is some people have come back and there's been this whole discussion about how multi-crew is disappointing or this whole discussion about how unfair it is that the bounties aren't shared out fairly. Um, and, and that kind of negativity has probably stopped a lot of people coming back for multi-crew before they've even logged into the game and tried it. I mean, that's why, to use a sort of, you know, political analogy, that's why they have this big thing in UK politics about how you don't talk down the value of the pound. Because the problem is, if you talk down the value of the pound, <laughs> what you cause is a drop in the value of the pound. Yes. Um, it's a bit like that with Elite Dangerous. If you keep moaning about how these terrible design decisions Frontier have made, and let's be clear, in, in the overall perspective of how much has gone into creating something like multi-crew the decision to proportionally split bounties is such a minor 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 aspect of the feature and suddenly because people like to find something to complain about it's everything to do with multi-crew and i think that's 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 probably as damaging to multi-crew as a feature is complaining about it as actually implementing a feature that not everyone might agree with. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that this is this is a couple of the the couple of the issues. I don't know what people were expecting from multi crew now. I mean, 
And I think a lot of people were a little bit disappointed that the there wasn't an engineer's station. I mean, I mean, Ben's mentioned that before, but but um, I mean, what were they expecting? Artemis was was that the what they were expecting? You see, this is this is this is where I get a little bit confused. I mean, at the moment, I'm multi-crewing with with uh, Mr. Cow, and uh, we've we've got Commander. Matt's galaxy in a in a spaceship right in front of us, and I am so tempted to open fire on him. I really am. <laughs> but but this particular piece of um, code it does seem to be working reasonably well. I mean, I've only had a, a couple of disconnects when I've tried to use it, and the rest of the time it's been fine. I mean, it it did seem that it all kicked off on beta five when. Um, when when they decided about these bounty rewards, and it, it just felt as if from then on, nothing Frontier have ever done seems right. And it's it's the same. I mean, Drew got the same kind of thing with the the Fordwin Rift, and Dav got the same thing with um, uh, his response. You know, to trying to fix the problems that were there. It just mm. seems that if there's anything slightly wrong now. There is a, a a vocal, a very vocal, angry core that just jump on the whole situation and just talk it down. Yeah, I think sometimes sometimes it does feel like people are just <laughs> sitting and waiting for an opportunity to complain about something. But I mean, there is lots of positivity around as well. I mean, we've got in Twitch chat, uh, Trucker Ray. I love the game. I have three sons who also have played. We were anticipating multi-crew to join up and have fun and make good credits for them. Um, you know, some people are kind of enjoying it. I mean, I, you know, just from a personal point of view, I, I mean, I've said previously, I'm not really, I'm not personally that into multi-crew because I don't really play in open anyway and I don't really PVP. So if you're not, I think it is, it is quite a, an open heavy feature because you're obviously looking for crews. My experience of playing multi-crew and trying it out, um, for me, there is an element of I'm sitting in somebody's ship, you know, what now mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and I think this is the problem with people have this idea, people have this idea in their head of what they think multi-crew should be like. And what Frontier have done is they've approached it from the game design point of view. And they've thought, well, what can we actually do with the multi-crew positions, which are fun? Mm-hmm. And they've delivered the positions on the ship that they think have valid gameplay with them. Yes. And I think, you know, it goes back to something that I read. Uh, I always feel like we should have a prize if somebody can tell us which episode it was. Um, but there was a really early episode of Lave Radio where we were talking <laughs> about having multiplayer on the same ship. And I think I said something like, because we were, people were saying, oh, wouldn't it be great when you have all these other jobs that you can do on the ship? And my point back then was, what other jobs do you have to do on a ship in a game which is primarily about flying a ship? Yeah, because that is what yeah. Elite Dangerous is. It is you are the pilot in a starship. That is Elite Dangerous. If you are not the pilot of the ship, what are you, what are you doing? You know, you 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 need to be doing something pretty compelling to to make it compete alongside being. And people have talked about, you know, as a kind of joking way, but actually some of the gameplay loops are very similar. Elite Dangerous is essentially very similar to something like Euro Truck Simulator. 
but in space. And a lot of the fun of the game comes from flying from point to point, taking stuff with you and docking and undocking. If you're not the person doing that, I mean, who wants to be sitting in the passenger seat in Euro Truck Simulator? Well, no, you don't want to be stuck in the unless, of course, you're you're um, basically Euro Truck Sim Euro Truck Simulating uh, in the world of Mad Max, and then you, you know you're going no, to need no, to go. No, 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 Euro Hitchhiker. So you just stand stand by, and it's a multiplayer mode. Yes, it's a multi-crew for Euro Trucker. You stand by the side of the road and you just wait with your thumb out uh, and maybe possibly roll up your trouser leg and then sit in the it's passenger just... seat and hope that they don't murder you and dump you in another lay-by. Euro, Euro Trucker will give oral sex for a ride somewhere or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, going a little bit further than, than I was I think we just discovered a new rule. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you must have seen Jay and Silent Bob strike back. They should introduce the book of the road to Elite Dangerous. That would be amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, moving swiftly on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not fun because obviously you can jump in the turrets and you can jump in a fighter and in that sort of thing. But the thing is, like for me, there's obviously still gameplay. If you're flying to a, a red site or something. As the pilot, there is still gameplay in navigating yes. your way to the rev site and getting into position. In terms of multi-crew, you are essentially just waiting for the pilot to get to somewhere interesting before you then get a turn to do something interesting. Well, you see, this, this is the thing that, I, I mean, I've been observing this um, over, over the last couple of days, uh, mostly on the Lave Radio TeamSpeak. Um, we, we've, we've had um, a few people of... Uh, uh, who listen to Lave Radio and also to the Hunting Truckers, they've been all um, basically multi-crewing up. Uh, it's been quite interesting to to hear, and a, a lot of them does. A, a lot of them do seem to have very positive experiences because they communicate in the crew. If you see what I mean, they talk to each other. So basically, the gunner's saying that no, you need to rotate the ship to a certain orientation so I can get a better firing solution. And and basically the the key down to this multi-crew being fun and successful is being with a crew that talks to one another. Because one of the things that I had in, in the beta is that I just joined up with um, a, a commander. He was in the middle of a federal uh, battle uh, combat zone, and no matter what I said to him or asked him, he didn't respond once. Now, I don't know whether it was language barrier or anything like that, but at that time, I think I gave it 10 to 15 minutes and then, no, this, this is no good. This, this isn't fun. I'm, ju- I'm, just, I'm just grinding credits here. And I think, I do think with multi-crew, a lot of people are just focusing on the credits. And if people do just focus on grinding the credits, if you don't have that level of communication, it's not fun. Yeah, but it goes, I mean, this goes back to my uh, long on the record comments about multiplayer games, that if you're just jumping into a multiplayer game and playing with random people on the internet, you are not guaranteed a good team experience Mm. it's one of the reasons that despite the fact that it's kind of an out-of-date principle i personally still really like going to land parties 
and it's not because you know it's, it's not because the internet there is faster or because of uh uh you know it's because if somebody's just fragged me in a game i want to be able to swear with them or give them the finger or throw a cushion at them because you're all <laughs> you're all there in the same room and you're going to have fun together whether you win or lose because you know you are you are playing the game together but i don't think when you just go online and you pick up random strangers off the internet i don't think you're guaranteed i don't think you're guaranteed a good time and that's why something like Hutton orbital truckers is so successful because it brings people together in an organized way who are coming together for a reason other than just random contact on the internet they're actually coordinating their play and when you meet up with people to play a game that you've specifically put aside time and said i'm going to meet up with you at this time and in this place you're all equally invested in the experience that you're about to have um and i think that is a much i think that is a much stronger approach to internet gaming and that's why i'm a little bit I, I, mm. I don't think there's a better technical way to do it. Um, no, 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 no. There, I don't I, think my, there is. My, my heart sank a little bit when I first logged into beta and saw that for multi-crew there was a thing that said search for multi-crew, you know, well, thing. Because I thought that's, <clears> not, <throat> that's not really how I want to do this. I yeah. don't want to just stand on a street corner and make the sign and hope that I get somebody good. I well, want to... I want to play with my friends, kind of thing. Well, this thing, the thing is, um, if they didn't have put that kind of pickup group functionality in there, I think there would have been uh, even more of an outcry than there is at the moment. Because uh, at the moment, in these kind of MMOs, that kind of functionality is, is basically expected. And... Uh, I must admit, I mean, that was one bad experience I've, I've had. The other three or four times of multi-crude so far, and just gone into a pickup group, normally, I think people have realized the best way to get um, a, a decent experience is to communicate. I mean, obviously, you know, because it's an international game, we might have the language barrier. You might end up on a Russian ship uh, where no one speaks English, and if they don't speak English, what chance have they got of understanding Scottish? So, <laughs> does anyone wonder um, why multi-crew works quite seamlessly? Seamlessly, but the CQC doesn't. Ah, <laughs> or wings? Has has multi-crew fixed wings? I haven't been in a full wing since well, multi-crew was released. Actually, it's funny you should mention that. Most of the um, the net code has had a bit of an overhaul. From okay. what I understand, it's not just the IP version six, but I, I think they've they've had a look over the netcode. My experience so far, and from from what I've heard from people, is yeah, the the multi crew does seem to have helped winging up. No doubt, we'll have a, now a whole lot of complaints from people saying, "Oh, it didn't work for me," but the general impression that I got was that both multi crew. Uh, sorry, both winging up and CQC matchmaking had actually improved because of the work that had been done on multi-crew. Okay, that's good. No, I but, hope that's true. Um, at the moment, that's just the general Im impression that I'm getting when I actually cut through most of the most of the the rubbish, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. But uh, yeah. 
so good suggestions coming in from Twitch chat. Uh, I think off the basis that I accidentally used the phrase picking up random strangers off the internet. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> someone suggesting a, a multi-crew Tinder. Oh, that would be, am- <laughs> that would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Uh, you should be able to choose your friend list in the game <laughs> by just spending five minutes swiping left or right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no! Well, actually, when you think when you think about it in a in a in a not non dirty way, that interface is simple. It's intuitive. It could work. I mean, it's the same. They could have the same thing for looking for wing, where you have. Of, you know, instead yeah, yeah. of looking for your friends, you you look for a wing, and basically commanders within, I don't know, a couple of systems are all listed. I mean, they, they missed a trick. Question. They missed mm-hmm. a trick. This is how the game should have done um, hiring <laughs> pilots for your fighters. You should have just seen like their picture and their description of what they've done, and you swipe left or right based on whether you want to shortlist them for hiring. <laughs> I think that'd be brilliant. I think that'd be oh, oh dear! I think I think has there been a problem with Twitch? It seems to have died a bit. Yeah, Grant. Have we still got Grant on the call? Because uh, yeah, I yeah, have yeah. lost. Okay. Yeah, still... yeah, Twitch is down. No, oh, Twitch it, is down. It says it says it's not. Um, but you know, it's like <laughs> it's dropped. It's dropped some frames. Let's have a look okay. and see. Well, yes, we... people might need to F five. I think yeah. the, answer, the answer in Twitch. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I, I do, I, you know, just wrapping up my point really, I just, I, I do just think that it's about, it's about finding people to play with in games that want to play. This is what I've been saying at the beginning. You want to be with people in a multiplayer environment who are not only playing the same game as you, but are interested in having similar kinds of experiences as you mm. within the game. Not you don't want to be turning up, you know. You, you don't want to bring a tennis racket to a cricket match. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's. I mean, going back to to SK Unimetrics point, oh, I mean, do you think the goodwill's been used up? I mean, this this is not my point of view. I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here, because anybody who's been following my posts know that basically I think. That the thirty, the twenty or thirty quid, whichever you paid for Horizons, I thought that's been fantastic value. I, I am a little bit disappointed about the time skills, but compared to paying out forty quid for the DLC I got with Star Wars Battlefront, I'm I'm well chuffed <laughs> with <laughs> with Elite yeah, Dangerous. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't know. I think think that you know, it just seems to be that even now the criticism seems to be heard more more attention towards it maybe we just had as a, as a human race we've had a big jump towards the negative um but i mean it's it's a game and when i don't yeah. want to play it i don't play it and when i do want to play it there's nothing better than jumping in with a group of pals and, and working together towards some kind of goal for whatever um it is i mean you can't say the goodwill's been you know give used up when you've got sandro's working on uh, Easter, yes, Easter Sunday, he was oh, working on fixing yeah, a, him a, and Dev Stop. Well, yeah, I mean that, that they've got the they're putting the effort in, and it's and it's appreciated by an awful lot of people. I think it's just mm-hmm. that there's there's too much credence and too much attention paid to the negative voices because they're shouting loudest. 
Do you think we need to? Do you think we need a new Lave Radio policy then? That we are we are not going to mention we're not going to mention Moners anymore, and we're not going to give Harry Potter any more airtime. Well, I'm okay with and not we giving should, Harry, leave it at that. Harry Potter any more airtime. That's absolutely fine. Although that that whole statement just defeated itself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think if we don't mention it, then we just become fanboys. So maybe we just call it, you know, Frontier Fanboys, and then just <laughs> see how wonderful they are. Oh, according um, to some people, we are anyway. Happy people don't well, need to shout. Yeah. Says dead meat GF. We, <laughs> we swear. Thanks a bunch. We um. We we well we seem to swerve in accusations at Lave Radio between being corporate shills who are being paid by Frontier to say good stuff about them and uh, getting <laughs> getting and getting moaned at because we're too negative about the game and too critical of Frontier. So oh. pick pick which camp you think Lave Radio is in, and uh, you know we'll just carry on doing what we're doing. Yeah, come on, let's put it up on the forum. A poll on the forum. Oh, you can't. No, it's all good. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that. Do you think if Lave Radio are basically corporate shills for? No. no, no, no. No, I don't. I think they're wonderful. Or I'm an arsehole. <laughs> uh, that's how it works, isn't it? That's how, uh, you, that's how you do polls in Frontier, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, that's something like that. Well, uh, I mean, have we got. Any questions or any stuff from the community at the moment? Because I, I think I think we're we're almost done for the night. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a few things. I've got a few okay. things. I'm not necessarily elite related, um, but uh, I don't think. I mean, just a few comments from Twitch chat. Uh, people think the goodwill is still there. So Shaneri good. Rinal thinks the good, uh, the goodwill is still there, but I think there's an undertone of there are too many incomplete features. Uh, Commander Wotherspoon says, I don't think the goodwill has been used up. Some uncommitted players may have chosen to move on for a bit, but I'm sure a lot of them will be back. No subscription helps a lot. Mm. Um, Cyphered him, and I'd rather pay for a game one time and be happy to come and go anytime I want, but there are other games where you have to play a monthly sub and get to a certain level, cough, Star Wars The Old Republic, cough, oh, God, yeah. stuff. Um, Laguna Hunter, you're not too negative. I agree with you guys for sure. Okay, great. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, because I must admit, I'm, I'm, uh, I actually touched, I went back to SOTOR just for, I think, one afternoon over, over the holidays. And I, just, I, I couldn't believe how, how bad it is. Really, and I'm there thinking, I'm glad I don't sub for this anymore. I, I really don't. And I, I do think that, you know, I think the DLC model, whatever model they're going to do for the season thing, um, I hope they do work it out properly because that, that is a little bit of a concern for me going forward. I mean, yeah. Um, Matt B zero nine seven says ED is the best value game ever, <laughs> and I did work it out that for the amount that I've paid, even the astronomer, the the massive Kickstarter amount that I paid, I'm still on something like five or six p for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, isn't it? It is. It's quite good value for money, and um, admittedly, I think. The difference between my playstyle and everybody else who who's complains a lot is 
I I don't burn through the content as fast as they do. I've still got tons of stuff to do before I even get to Triple Elite and all that kind of stuff. So, oh yeah, it's it's, it's like I said, I still haven't um, really I haven't scratched the surface of fighters yet because I still mm. haven't got myself into a ship that has them. Um, I th- there's loads of content I need to go, but I'm only just discovering engineers now. So, I think it is a game for me. It is a game you take at your own pace. Uh, I think some people just have so much time to play games; yeah. they do just burn through content. But yeah, it's probably probably a, a degree that I'm just looking at. Stoops X brings up a really interesting point. Um, I'm not sure if he means Ed or Elite Dangerous. All the community. ED streaming makes it appear like they're not taking it as seriously as us. Uh, this is backed up by some of the decisions made in new headline features that do not add depth. So, I mean, focusing on the player anime... I don't know, because one of the most exciting uh, live streams that they did from recent memory, probably the last time that I got a real shivers and holy crap was the plate tectonics showing off how the planet's surfaces were generated. Um, and that maybe it's just the things that have been coming out more recently aren't as technically interesting or as scientifically based. But nonetheless, you know, multi-crews surely has got to be adding to gameplay and depth of gameplay. So I kind of understand that, but maybe they're, you know, the uh, I don't know. It's, I, think I, I think it's just, yeah, it's just where they are. They're, they're trying to please everybody all the time, and that's just not possible. Yeah, Rem, Rem uh, Retmock makes a very good point. Um, he says, I think the delays were also an issue. Now, when you compare it to the previous year, we were actually quite lucky. We got one update every quarter, uh, and then 2.0 and 1.5 came along at the end of that year. And I think everybody felt that kind of pace of development was going to keep going. I know I did. But what with... Um, it's it's Apples it's and Oranges a bit, months. though. Yeah, it's Apples and Oranges, though, because let's not forget that some of those features in uh, Season 1 mm-hmm. were things like... One, one of the releases was, was five more ships. And that is not a massive, that is not an engine-changing feature, whereas pretty much, I'm trying to remember the season so far, mm-hmm. pretty much everything this season has required changes to the way the game works. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's have, no, one, let's see. Um, one engine point changes. One was, yeah, 1.1 was community goals, 1.2 was wings, 1.3 was power play, uh, 1.4, what was 1.4? Was that ships? That must have been ships, yeah. Or was 1.4 the... missions? No, no, uh, 1.4 was was definitely ships, you're right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we do have... Um, People also mentioning the fact that because Frontier are diversifying, that they have, they're not putting everybody in Frontier on Elite Dangerous. The thing was, was didn't they hire more people to cover yeah. that? Yeah, it's actually, yeah, so I'm going to answer that. So there's a question from Shinari right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a question for the Lave Radio team. Do they think Frontier is spreading themselves too thin with Elite, Planet Coaster, and the future movie game? The truth, I believe, is that actually the team, the size of the team working on Elite Dangerous now 
is actually bigger than has ever been working on Elite Dangerous. They haven't, I don't believe they've taken a single body off working on Elite Dangerous. All the stuff that they've been doing has been as a result of um, basically expansion, you know, hiring, hiring new people, growing the team, working on new projects, that sort of thing. So I, you know, maybe, maybe this is the Frontier fanboy answer, um, but I don't believe Frontier have any less resources to spend on Elite Dangerous now than they ever have done at any point over the last three or four years. And I would say that actually they probably have significantly more resources to throw at Elite Dangerous now because it's mm. been so successful and because they've got money coming in from it. And, you you know, people can argue about the, the, the financial model that Frontier have come up with, whether they charge, you know, occasionally for seasons or whether they're asking people for money more regularly. Um, the fact remains that they do actually have steady income from for elite dangerous which they didn't have when they created the first version um you know notwithstanding the kickstarter mm. i mean mr mr whiskey richard has just put in a comment which always gets me my fire and ire up and so if the quality of the updates were up to par i don't think the delays would be an issue um i, I don't think there's anything that i can really say for to that apart from i disagree because i think the quality of the updates that we've had when you have been playing mmos for as long as i have i think that the quality has been far superior than normally the updates you get with other mmos and i don't know whether or not i don't know what everybody else's experiences with the mmos are but I, I can remember when you get stuff with World of Warcraft and Matrix Online and and uh, Star Wars Galaxies, when all those updates came out, it, it took not just months, it took years to sort out the bugs on that. And mm. as far as I'm concerned, um, Frontier have done a fantastic job in resolving as much as they can. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it's difficult really to be objective when, <laughs> I, when, when I've had the the lifetime expansions past, you know, it's like, would I have bought Horizons uh, for planetary landings on its own? Yes. And the rest of the yeah. stuff that we're getting this season is purely bonus. And, and you know, whether or not I play it or not is nothing altogether. Enge- engineers, <laughs> if Engineers was a pack, I would have passed it. If, if Mining was a pack, I wouldn't have bought it. It just wouldn't have interested me enough. So, um, and I think there are people out there that mining would have been the headline for them. So um, I think it's just very easy to try and criticise the game because it's not what you wanted it to be. I wanted Star Wars turrets. I did. Didn't get it. Tough. Not played it, actually. Not done any turreting. Not done any multi-crew as such, other than just for, you know, shows like tonight. I've not played it in multi-crew. Um I did a couple of jumps oh, on the shame. day just to check it out because I've not had um, the objective to do. So I've not had something that I wanted to do that would necessitate it. When I do, I'm going to have a bloody good laugh with it. But this is the problem. Yeah. You know, for me, this is all, it's all bonus. Okay, if you actually calculate what us uh, crazy alpha backers and DDF forum backers actually paid... And then subtract <laughs> how much it would have cost us. We would be quids in at the moment, I reckon, uh, if yeah. we were paying for Actually, the updates. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. We uh, if you if well, I, I don't know what you back to 
Grant, I got a suspicious thing, feeling. I know what it is, but um, me personally, I know that I, I'm still going to be paying out till about season four, season five <laughs> before I think, I'm level. If you see what I mean? Based based on Grant's history with Kickstarters, I wouldn't be surprised if Grant pledged for the forty nine percent share in Frontier level. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to wait until they release Elite Dangerous two before I've made my money back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's elite dead, is it? <laughs> elite dead. <laughs> elite, or, or based on tonight, elite Tinder. Elite Tinder. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what we call the show. Yeah. Oh dear. I oh, know people won't people won't download it if they do that, will we? No, I don't know. No, I don't know. No. Apologies if it sets off an alert on your phone. <laughs> Ah, anyway so i just wanted to mention uh seeing as we're kind of wrapping up yes um we are currently in conversations we are recording i know th- there are some people who will cheer because even at LaveCon, i think last year people came up to me and said i really enjoyed that remote outpost games show you did are you going to do more of them and i said yeah yeah we're absolutely going to do more episodes of remote outpost games and it's taken us ages for some reason to get organized with it um, but hopefully this week we are recording uh, the I kind of feel like it's the proper first episode because the first episode of Remote Outpost Games was with me as a guest and it was a bit of a kind of test of the format. Um, so this is the first of a set of recordings, hopefully with uh, with some new people. We are going to be, assuming all goes to plan, uh, interviewing, uh, let me look at his name because I've my brain has gone blank. There's no point doing it from memory. James Buckle. So James Buckle is a an indie game developer. He is a solo game developer. He's been working on a game himself, uh, his own studio called Engage Pixel. He's a guy who worked for um, worked on the Rome, not Rome. But he worked on the Total War series for twelve years in uh, QA, uh, and he has just come out with his first game, which is Captain Kaon. We're going to be interviewing him on Remote Outpost Games. Uh, I'm potentially also going to be doing some streaming of captain k on at some point and we also have some keys to give away for that game so keep an eye out on what we're saying on uh facebook and and, and on twitter about the the new show do listen to the show when it comes out you'll find out how to enter that competition and win a key for captain k on uh, and yeah look out for that show coming out soon on the it'll probably be on the live radio feed um but it'll be other places as well i'm sure on the well, subject of um, okay. of you know Kickstarter rewards, do you re- <laughs> remember the exclusive um, overpriced rights to using a Jameson commander name? Oh, I think we've covered this before, but yeah, yes, yeah. I've and never. You're dropping a hint there, Grant. No, I never used mine. I've never used mine. I just, I just would. I don't even know how to. We were waiting for the second commanders before. I thought. I thought I'd put him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, when we interviewed David Braben for episode one hundred, we asked him the question about whether there was still a plan for the Kickstarter reward to use a Jameson commander, uh, and he said, "Yes, we just haven't worked it out yet." <laughs> so I think it's one of. I think it's another one of those features that say that it, you know that's a bit of a long burn. Mm. Um, it's a I difficult one because with, without the multiple commanders, it makes it difficult because you make progression without your name, and then you know technically these commanders should be the royalty of the universe. You know, I'm expecting to to rock up in a station and uh, them to fly out and personally, you know, fly my ship in for me. 
Well, is this is this to do with all those ceremonial um, unidentified signal sources that I seem to be coming across? And are there supposed to be Jamesons flying through that? <laughs> yeah. And everyone just leave it there, going, "Oh dear, what's he on?" The but point? I think, I mean, you know, going back to what we were talking about for a lot of this show, I think a lot of stuff to do with Frontier working with drew on this stuff for 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 the book and all the stuff to do with salome and the formandine rift that is going to help inform frontier about how they do in-game content using known characters and known personalities and i think potentially data down the line some of that is going to feed into that the whole jameson stuff ah yeah that makes sense to have reserved hope so reserved commanders for people that would be genius well, yeah. Chris, you fixed I mean, it. The, the, the top of the line, Commander Witherspoon's just reminded me, the, the top of the line one, apart from the, the fiction packs, was one naming the uh, naming the, founder, the founder's world system. That was, that, mm. was a, that was phenomenally expensive, wasn't it? Um, <sighs> was, it seven, was that 7,000? Five, well, people have been saying 5,000. Okay. Uh, but it was, it was someone I'm like... I'm sure it was more than that. Was it Liqua? It was Liqua, yeah. I yeah. think it would have been Liqua, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> nice guy. Oh, well, well met him at the launch. Yeah. Oh, you're lucky yeah. to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You should I, I, don't, I should just say, I don't know that because I know what he pledged for the Kickstarter. All I know is that it was, I'm sure it was Liqua who provided the name Shinrata Desra. It was the... He, also explained it. He, he also explained it in one of the threads as well. And I, I oh, I've completely got it. His pet turtle's name. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so an- another, so another little bit of news. Um, just because I know you people are interested in space games and kickstarters. Um, Planet Nomads is nearing public beta. They have delayed the public beta. Um, but they, the, the beta is currently being available. Being, currently being made available to the Kickstarter backers, uh, which I'm only mentioning because I know that a lot, a, a lot of the elite community backed Planet Nomads as well. Um, so if you've been kind of ignoring your messages about Planet Nomads or you haven't looked at it for a while, uh, my Steam updated today with the, the basically what they've said is they're, they're they're not quite sure the game is ready for public beta, but they still want to give the Kickstarter backers the beta at the time they promised they were going to give it to them. So what we're basically, they've created effectively a private beta period, and then it's going to go into public beta when it's uh, a little bit more ready. So yeah, if you were following Planet Nomads, uh, do check out your um, Steam updates, um, and I'm going to be looking at that at some point. Who knows? I might even stream it. You You did did a lot of streams last week. Um, I'm looking forward to Friday the 13th, which is due out imminently as well. So I'm looking forward to getting back into that and slamming people's heads in doorways. Oh, lovely. Oh, it's brilliant fun. <laughs> it's brilliant fun. There's nothing funny with Galactic Midden, who's on one side of the door that I've just bolted, and then I can hear, because the, the comms works, <laughs> it gets louder than either they are to you, and all I can hear is this, Oh, no, no! And I opened the door and there he is getting his eyes popped out by two big thumbs. And I went, oh, oh. run! <laughs> it's brain fun. Okay, yes. It's like kind of, kind of scary fun like playing Alien Isolation. I don't think so. I don't, no. want, to be, I don't want to be funned in that way. Thank you very much. <laughs> I really wish I could enjoy that game more. It breaks my heart that I can't play Alien Isolation. 
Mm. Uh, anyway, we'll just give a quick shout out. Um, as everybody knows, LaveCon 2017 is beginning to creep up on us. It's the weekend of the 25th of June, so um, I think tickets are day tickets are still available. I think. Yeah, and camping, oh, camping still available. Yeah, and, and, oh, and camping still available. There you go. So um, yes, and as you know, it is sponsored by the Elite Dangerous RPG and Ed Tracker, both both projects. I can wholeheartedly uh, recommend. <laughs> I almost said yes. you don't then, but. <laughs> <laughs> Talk just yes, just just in case we picked up any news people, new people. Uh, Ed Tracker is a device which can be bought uh, pre-built. All the components can be bought if you would like a little home soldering uh, project for uh, only a only a few only a few pounds. The pre-built ones are slightly more, around about the forty fifty pound mark. Uh, mm-hmm. But it basically gives you a motion. Uh, it basically gives you an accelerometer that you wear on your head and it translates your head movements into joystick control in the game. Um, what that basically means is you can enable looking around your cockpit. So you can you can track targets, you can look at stellar bodies while you fly around them. Uh, it's an incredibly smooth, incredibly good device. And I personally recommend it to absolutely everybody. Uh, and based on the figures that we've seen from from getting in which peripherals people are using uh, for our for our show where we're going to talk about all the various peripherals you can use for Elite Dangerous. I would say that there are a lot more people out there who should be getting that and enjoying it because it is a fantastic piece of kit. Uh, EDRPG is the tabletop um, RPG based on Elite Dangerous. Uh, it's published by Spider-Mind Games and it gives you the opportunity to sit down at a table with friends or online on something like Roll20 or a Discord chat room and it allows you to play as a tabletop RPG all the things that potentially you can't currently do within the game uh, Elite Dangerous. So you can walk around ships, you can walk around stations, you can visit any planet that you want, you can create things that don't appear in the game, uh, and that's going to be coming out towards the end of the year. So yes, those are our sponsors. Mm. I'll, I'll just quickly interject there. Um, for Since we're just quickly touching on, on tools for Elite Dangerous, uh, Dr. Kai him of the Explorer fame. He has now released version 2.3 of his ED profiler program. Uh, and I must admit, since because I've been doing research for the, for this uh, this upcoming special, I, I must admit, I wholeheartedly recommend it. So um, if you need to change your graphic settings or um, need to change your HUD colors or things like that, um, ED profiler is is probably the best tool to use uh, so, give Doctor Kai a bit of bit of cash if you use it. He's got a uh, he's got a, a donate button via the PayPal. So, um, I guess that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at Lave Radio, Facebook slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com slash lavechat, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat on teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live and also on Twitch, Lave Radio Twitch. Uh, 
So I'd just like to thank Grant uh, and and Chris and the also other Chris from earlier for joining us and also thanks to the commanders that have joined us in Twitch Round Leave Station. So until next time, fly safe and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Net News Digest, 18th of April 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's very interesting news, humanity's lifeboats, troglodytes transform exploration efforts, confusion in Colonia community goal, DB excellent. Humanity's lifeboats. More information has come to light about the Dynasty Project of 3270, with the discovery, or rather rediscovery, of derelict deep spaceship Zurara, well beyond the Heart and Soul Nebulae, in the Cyridae JXF-C0 system in the Formidine Rift, on a line precisely through Riort and Reedquat, and projected towards the edge of the galaxy. The Dynasty Project was marking out terraformable planets, in three distinct areas of the galaxy, the Formidine Rift, Hawkins Gap and the Conflux, for use as lifeboats in case the bubble needed to be abandoned. Some of the planets were seeded with machinery to start the terraforming process. The wreck Zuara was originally discovered by Rebecca Weston, who was buried in the Tianisla orbital graveyard last year. She found frozen corpses inside. It appears that some members of the crew deliberately sabotaged the ship once its mission was complete, presumably to ensure that the mission remained completely secret. It's only now, 33 years later, that details are beginning to leak out. The mastermind behind this scheme is unknown, but according to the log Western left, they're not one of the galactic powers. They're way above that. Perhaps they're the same people who manage pilots' access to the galaxy using permit locking. 
Perhaps the Pilots' Federation has been compromised. Perhaps the Sirius Corporation knows even more than we imagine. Why would someone 33 years ago feel the need to prepare bolt holes for humanity outside the bubble? What catastrophe were they preparing for? What could possibly justify killing all the crews of all the ships that prepared these bolt holes? Are the bolt holes for all of humanity or just the select few? We need to find out quickly. Our lives may depend on it. Troglodytes transform exploration efforts. The lives of explorers are set to be transformed by a wave of new bases that have been established in key locations. The bases use new technology that was explained to a slightly bemused audience by Commander David Bruben at what was supposed to be a lunch party. An asteroid is heated up until it starts to melt. Then it's blown up like a balloon using compressed gas and set spinning to create artificial gravity inside. Once the rock cools, the inside is fitted out to look just like a traditional Coriolis. Several of the bases have been established at some distance from the inhabited bubble, including one each in the Heart and Soul Nebulae and another in the densely packed Eagle Sector, providing handy repair facilities to explorers visiting these points of interest. In all, 32 of the bases have been established, although the Galactic Authorities have apparently forgotten where a couple of them were placed. Commanders are asked to keep a lookout and report any new asteroid bases they may find. Confusion in Colonia Community Goal Following the scandal in Colonia when it was discovered that bartender and owner Jacques is using thousands of tons of travel guides to power the production line for his famous Coenentian still, Another scandal has rocked the colony after corrupt officials altered the rules of a community appeal to line their own pockets. The goal, announced at Colonia Dream with the intention of improving station facilities, was for mined materials only, including gallite, gold and methanol monohydrate. However, it quickly became apparent that goods were being delivered far more quickly than expected, and on investigation it was found that the administrators responsible for the appeal were in fact accepting gallite and gold purchased from members of their family from neighbouring stations. Everyone is related in Colonia. It's a bit like Norfolk. The target was met within three days and Colonia Dream is now obliged to hand out far bigger payments than they'd expected. As a result, the announcement about what station improvements can be achieved has been delayed. DB Excellent After the admission from Lakeham Spaceways that they've been deliberately limiting the performance of the Diamondback Explorer, and the retrofitting of additional module bays and the removal of a 70-tonne block of depleted uranium, owners say that they are delighted by the newly enhanced performance of their ships. Not only can they fly faster, they can now have a jump range better than the Asp Explorer and can rival even the mighty Anaconda. The Diamondback Explorer may well soon replace the Asp in front of things. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News? We read the news so you don't have to.